It's an honor to be back in uh, Sheridan and uh, share with you guys. Uh, I always enjoy coming over here. I have for a long time, almost uh, 30 years now, <laughs> associated with this group. And so uh, it's good to be here. This is uh, the way that I stated it, uh, just to find some kind of term. What is your choice today? And it's really a question I have to ask myself every day. What is going to be my choice with God? I, this sermon is kind of birth, kind of came from things going on in my own life as I was at some transitions, doing some different things, and kind of wondering what the Lord wanted me to do. If you've ever been in that place where it seemed like the Lord wasn't listening, like you were talking and uh, he just wasn't giving you any clear direction or wasn't around or almost feel like you'd just kind of been set over in a corner and uh, I'll get to you later. If you've ever felt like that, that's kind of how I was feeling. I would go, here I am, what do you need? No, nothing right now, thank you. And it's like, well, okay, uh, wow. <laughs> And so I was kind of going through some of those things. And I had to get to the point where I would decide what I was going to do. Was I going to choose to serve and walk with him each day, even when it felt like I wasn't hearing and wasn't sure of what he was doing? I came across this verse in Isaiah. And in Isaiah, the, the last part of what we'll look at, it had this little statement in the one translation that I was looking at. We'll be looking at a different today, but it has the same thing. God said, it's my purpose to do my pleasure. And I was like, wow, God is constantly doing what pleases him. And that was a strange thought. And so I thought about that because he wasn't doing what was pleasing me. I'll just tell you that. Uh, he wasn't uh, making big marks for me at that point. And so I, I at least was smart enough to go, so what's my choice going to be? go Kent's way or use my way of thinking or do I have to submit and humble myself and listen to God? Being a, in the ministry for 40 years, I at least had enough sense to go, that's probably the right way to go. Now, I wasn't happy about that way. I didn't embrace that way and I didn't go, yay. I was like, no, no, that's the right thing. Choose you. So that's kind of how this was formed and some things I was going through and, and I think that's part of all of our Christian life. In fact, if we never get to the point where we have to make some tough choices, when I have to say, I love you, God, even though I don't like you right now or what you're doing, that's when we start growing. That's when he starts seeing something in us that's just not because it's comfortable, but because he's God and that's good enough for me. And so that's kind of where this comes from. So we're in uh, Isaiah 46. And, and we'll just start with verse 5. We'll see how we go. We'll try to do two or three chapters, uh, hopefully done by 2.30. Yeah, that's my goal. And so anyway, we'll just start with 5. To whom would you liken me and make me equal and compare me? Now, this isn't really a question he wants an answer from, but it just shows how dumb we are. And so... How many of you make those lists, you know, where you make a list and go, okay, I've got a decision to make, and here'll be the things good, and here'll be the things negative about the decision. Any of you do that? 
Okay, many of you do, and you're saying, if I raise my hand, he may call on me to do something. And that's probably true. That's probably true. And so we make those lists. The problem with this situation is we're kind of facetiously asked to compare God, but the problem is I don't know enough about him. I know what I like. I know my ways. I know what I want to do. I'm pretty good at that. But for me to understand God, even if, even if I've studied and been a part of that for years, I'm still limited in my knowledge of God. He's, he's indescribable. He's more than I can imagine. There's, it's, it's not even something I can even comprehend who he is. In fact, there's scriptures that say that we're all familiar. I mean, his ways aren't my ways, so... There's all of those things that get me, so I can't compare him. But he's, he's doing this in a sense of, what am I thinking? Because, see, I make choices based upon what I think's wise sometime and don't consider him. And he's saying to these people at this time in Israel, so, who are you going to compare me to? What, what is going on for you? And so, he brings that up. My only choice, and the reason I had the title, what choice will I make each day? I've got to make the choice. Not depending on how I feel, not depending on my circumstances, but on the fact that he is God. And, and do I trust and believe that? And the only way, the ugly part, the hard part, the tough part of this is, the only way I get that is when it's hard enough that I've really got to make that decision. I won't do it today when everything's good. I won't do it when I get a raise. I get a raise. Well, praise the Lord. I mean, that's, most of us can do that. Oh, good, things went well. I won the lottery. Well, you know, thank you, Lord. <laughs> that's not hard. Most knuckleheads can do that. It's when those things aren't going the way I see them, when they're difficult, that that becomes a hard decision. So we're asked to do this. We're asked to compare. And he's saying, what are you thinking, basically, is even a better way to put that. What are you really thinking? So he goes on to 6 and 7. He says, those who lavish gold from the purse and weigh silver on the scale, hire a goldsmith, and he makes it into a god. They bow down, indeed they worship it. They lift it upon their shoulder and they carry it around. They set it in its place and it stands there. It does not move from its place, which is real convenient to have a God that'll do exactly what I need him to, right? That's good. I like that too. <clears throat> it stands there. It doesn't move from its place. Though one may cry to it, it cannot answer. It cannot, well, we won't use that page. It cannot deliver them from the, anything. Uh, let's see, where was I? I'll look up there. Though, it may, though one may cry out to it, it cannot answer. It cannot deliver him from its, his distress. Well, let's look at that because that's what they were doing. They were making these images, these gods. One of the things that first comes out to me in that is it an amazing thing that the creation creates something to worship. What a slap that is to God. The creation with its own hands, molds something and says, ah, God. That's why God becomes so angry at idols in our life. That's why that infuriates him in the sense of, 
wait, you're not knowing who I am. What a slap. These idols that we sometimes make, especially during their time, those idols would represent, and here's another interesting thing. All those idols represented things of God. They had the wind gods. They had the storm gods. They had the fertility gods. All the things that God had set into place, they made little images and called them new names and said, this is who we'll worship, even though they were attributes and things that God was doing. It's why many of those places God said, that has to be destroyed. And, and we may think, well, boy, you're just intolerant. Yeah, well, you, you have to be intolerant when you're the supreme being. Because I, he is the one. And anything else then is bringing his creation away from him. And why should he put up with that? Why should he accept that? It's, it's, it's only reasonable that he would say that. They, they also, these same idols that they would put up, did another thing that I find very interesting. All their joy, all their peace, all their happiness was wrapped up in those idols. Oh, things are good, then it's that idol. So it gives me some good insight to what I do in my own life. Where do I find my joy? Where do I find my peace? What is my happiness based upon? Many times it's those things that are of God, yet I worship and I, I cling to those rather than him. We make those things that we can control. I love the, the terminology here. They would pick it up, carry it around, set it on their shoulder, and then set it on there where they need it. That is really convenient, isn't it? Uh, to have a God that you can go, you wait here and I'll come back when I need you. You wait here, and if things really get needy over here, I'll come back, I'll pick you up, I'll parade you around, I'll go, yay, we're having a little party for you, God. And then once you get done what I needed done, then I'll put you back. That's why in Isaiah, the Lord is responding to Isaiah to tell this to the people. Now, I'm pretty sure that none of you have any of those little gods that you pick up and carry around and pray to. More than likely, that's not part of your life. You don't have a little Buddha in your house that you make sure you go and dust off every day and say, ooh, make sure my day's good. Any? Yes. Oh, no hands. Okay, great. Elders, you're doing a good job. Okay. But my life still does that. Anytime, it's the same issue that Lucifer had. Lucifer looked at God and said, I know you're God, but I'm very powerful, I'm very strong too, and I think I can run things myself. And any time in my life that I do that, it's an idol before God. Any time that I think I can just pick him up when I need him, then I'm making idols. Then I'm not honoring the Lord. And I know that to be true in our lives because when things get rough, and when things go south a little bit for us, we easily reject who he is in our life. It, it is easy when things aren't going your way to look at him and go, what are you thinking? You may not have shaken your finger, but you've done that. I'm looking around to see who will go, yeah, I have. 
Some of you are going, can we admit that? You better. You might as well because we do that. I get frustrated with what he does. I get to thinking, I don't know that this is a good plan. Uh, things happen in all of our lives. I'm with people that I go, Lord, and I, I think I've told you this before, I, I'm praying with them, I'm working with them, and about the time they pill themselves out of that dumpy hole, then the Lord throws something else at them. Elders, you've worked with people, and don't you want to go, time out, stop that. I can't make any progress this way, Lord. That's our thinking. And that, that is no different than these people that were picking these little idols up and carrying them around whenever they wanted them. If he doesn't fit what I want, then I've got issues, and then I complain. And, and that's the, the same thing that they were doing. We make them our little gods at our own nature, at our own convenience. And the Lord God, Yahweh, Elohim, Jehovah, is far beyond that. How foolish I am to think I can just parade him when I need him. How foolish I am to think that he doesn't know what he's doing at any given moment. So, he asked him to compare. Yes, now, I'll, this page has been wanting to be turned. Now, you're done. Okay. <laughs> Another thing that we see here is, uh, we, we see the language that they lavish gold from their purse. They poured out money to get this done. And I found that interesting. They took their silver, they took their gold, they put all of that in. And, and this, the way this kind of looks and the way this was worded is they're lavishing. I mean, they're taking everything that they got. They're saying, this month we may not eat, but I'm pouring this out so that I can have my idol built and made. They, they're pouring that out. They're pursuing their own happiness in their own way. They're putting their trust in something else. Now, I could list a lot of things. Your trust may be in your financial system. It may be in your job. It may be in your ability. Things that are okay. Things that we should have and do. Uh, it may be, in fact, you read your horoscope this morning, and it told you exactly how your day was going to be. I always find that interesting. None of you would do that because you know that that would be silly. But there are people that, that really look at that and go, oh, I'm going to meet someone today that's going to change my life. And then they have to read it tomorrow to find out who that, you know, because they didn't meet on that day. It never worked out that way. We're easily persuaded to pour everything we have into something to try to find peace and happiness. I've done that. How many of you have ever went and thought, man, I need that. I need to buy that. Snow machine, motorcycle. I've had several. Thought, now this will be the one. This will be the one. Okay, maybe it's just me. I told y'all this was about me this morning. And think, this will do it. And you get it home and you ride it around and then you go, boy, but that one looks good over there, doesn't it? I should have got that one. See, I will pour money out into things. I will pour effort out into it, whether it be athletics, whether it be anything. And I'm not saying any of these things are wrong. I'm not saying go sell your motorcycle tomorrow and get right with God. That's not the point. 
but I pursue and I'll give all effort into some of these things, thinking that that will bring me joy, thinking that that will bring me peace. I'll find some fulfillment there. That's why our eyes wander around all the time. That's why they give us commercials. They're not stupid. They don't do that just because they need to fill some time on the TV show. They know that you're always looking, that your nature is saying, give me the next thing. Give me something better. Show me the next hot deal. And so they put that up there because you'll look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's true. I do need the toilet brush that spins and cleans things. In fact, I can get two, yeah. In fact, I'm calling it four because I'll give some to my friends because he's great. Right? Now, those may be good. I'm not, this is not a sermon against toilet brushes, okay? But the point being is they know what they're doing when they do those things because my nature says, what's out there? What's next? I am prone to pour everything I have into something else so that it will bring me joy and peace and happiness. And God has said, I am that. It'll only be found through me. It'll only be found in trusting me. It'll only be found when you walk with me through the valley of the shadow of death and, and you will not know what's going on. And you won't understand what your next step's even supposed to be. And listen, I'm not just preaching this to say I know because I've felt this in my own soul. I've lived this in my own life and I wondered and I wondered. And there's got to be some of you out there today that are doing some of the same things or have been there or will be there. And you're going to wonder if he's forgot. And you're going to say, well, I've got to find something, peace somewhere. I've got to do something. And he's never left you. He's never stepped aside. He's never forgotten about you. He never leaves you. He never is not thinking about you, looking out and manipulating and planning and doing things for your life. But he wants us all to see and trust him. And, and we, I've talked about this with several men here this weekend. Listen, I don't get it just because someone told me that. Trust God. That seems simple. But I can't carry that out until I'm in a situation where my back's against the wall or I'm crushed so much that I say, I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to go. The only thing I'm going to do because I've met the end of everything I've even kept trying is to trust you, Lord, and know that tomorrow you may have something or the next day you may have an answer. But I'm going to walk with you. That's exactly what Jesus did. He was in Gethsemane and he prayed and he said, it doesn't matter, but your will be done. I know how I feel right now. I know what my situation looks like right now, but I'm going to march forward because I'm going to trust you. That's what he wants to see. That's when I get to the point where I'm going, you know what? This is good. I like being in the position, and like is a term that I don't know that I really agree with, but I, I'm embracing the position I'm in of having to go, I'm going to trust you, and I don't see where the answer's coming. That's where he needs me. At that point, I'm starting to say, you're God and I'm not. I'm starting to say, all of these things that I've pursued, all these idols in my life, I'm casting them aside and I'm walking with you. That's what he needs to see in our life. And I'm telling you, he is relentless in getting us to that point. 
And if you think God's just about making your life a little rosy path so there's no issues and no problems and everything always goes good, you've missed the point. Someone's lied to you along the way because we don't get it. We're too thick to get it that way. We're too thick for us to sit back and go, oh, good, I'm going to sit back and serve the Lord, and today I'll get a new Cadillac. And tomorrow, oh, a new home. Well, thank you. Yes, I'm walking with God. Well, I don't get it. You know what I get? I get that I'm happy and pleased and I like that. And what does that stuff then become? That's my idol. Ooh, I'm happy. That feels good. And what God wants is people that are of character. Everything about our history, I know y'all have been doing some of that. Look at the people in our history. Look at Jesus, our leader. Oh, that was real comfortable for him. God's choice and plan for him was an easy one. Oh, go take all the sins of people, you who have never sinned, and go to the cross. Oh, and by the way, disciples, uh, your pay for this job, well, good luck. Uh, Some people will give you something, some you won't. Go with the shirt on your back, you'll be fine, I'll take care of you. That's the interview for your next pastor. Hey, we just want you to love the Lord, he'll take care of you. We got no money. That'll work good. See what you get. You may be a good guy. Just try it. Give it a try, Dennis. Put that in the interview process. (laughs) I'm glad I'm leaving today. (laughs) Tom's going to call me this week. Would you stop coming down there and doing stuff like that? You're messing it up. It's my prayer that we can see it. My fear in my life is that I have these hidden idols that I've made acceptable. The horror of that. The horror of me having things that get in the way of me trusting God and thinking it's okay. Well, let's move on. I'm going out to eat. I live in Basin. There's not any place to eat out, and someone's taking me out to eat, and I want to beat the Methodists there, so let's go. (laughs) They'll be crowding things out. (laughs) I'm really in trouble. Just Verse 8. Remember this and be assured. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things long past. For I am God, there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. Remember, transgressors. Remember, you rebellious people. Remember, Kent, these things. Remember these things about idols. Be aware. Keep this teaching in mind. May it be something that you embrace. May it be something that you hide in your heart so that you won't sin against me. Keep this truth, keep this teaching in mind. There is no comparison. You can't put me in one hand and your things in the other and go, oh, that doesn't work. doesn't happen. The next remember is remember things done in the past. Your turn. Tell me some things that if he was telling Israel... Remember what I've done in the past, some things that they could remember. Red Sea. Red sea. Boy, boy, that's a good one. We ought to make a movie out of that. <laughs> G- give me some others. Manna. Yeah, these are things that he said, remember how I did those things? Remember when you thought, and I think I've even preached about that, you thought you were, your back was against the wall and you thought, oh, we've had it now. 
and I rescued you. Are you remembering that? You're you're going out, you're pouring all your wealth into these idols, and are you forgetting how I've always been your rescuer, not this God who can't even speak? Are you forgetting that I'm your rescuer? Are you forgetting that I was there? I have always heard your pleas. I've always been there. We forget that. The other thing he says is, I've written it in my word. Uh, that's, that's part of who I am. Tell me some things you know about God. Just when you think about God, something that you know comes to your mind. Never leave. Never leave. Go ahead, dear. Continually faithful. He's our creator. I mean, that one I love. I mean, we ought to go out every day, every dandelion, every little blade of grass, every time we look at a hill or something and go, wow. Okay, I'm, did I just go off? Oh, no. I thought maybe my... <laughs> I got to hurry. <laughs> That's, you get the little signal, you know, it's kind of like a beeper. A little, I'll get less and less in the time. I'll eventually leave this no microphone. And he's saying, remember those things? Look, walk outside every once in a while. Look at the stars. Look at a galaxy. Look at a, a whole universe that I've created that you as man don't even know where it ends. We don't even have the intelligence to go, well, it's out there, and I guess it just goes on forever. We don't even know what that looks like. We can't even comprehend forever. And God said, hey, where were you when I set a foundation under the earth? I mean, all of these things, he's saying, are you remembering that? Kent, do you remember that when you're whining because I haven't answered your prayer, when you're whining because I hadn't put you somewhere else, when, uh, when I'm not doing exactly like you think? Are you remembering all the things I've done in the past? Do you remember how I got you to Bethel and how that was a great part of your life? Do you remember how I got you to New Life Ranch, another place I served? Do you remember how I got you to all these places? Do you remember how I got you at six foot below sea level? That's where I grew up, was six foot below sea level. And you're going, well, now, how do you do that? Well, you build big levees. Okay? That's where I grew up. Do you remember how I got you out of that and brought you into things and, and showed you my hand and allowed you to see me work in all these times? Oh, yeah, that's right. I will do that again, and I'll do it on my time. Will you trust me? And so he tells them the same things. I've encouraged my people in Basin years ago when I was there. Uh, I would carry, I had a big rock that I'd bring to the pulpit every once in a while. And just, and, and if people weren't awake, I'd just toss, no, I wouldn't. Too. I wouldn't do that. And, and just a reminder, we, we need these big rocks. And, and, and many times in the Old Testament, they'd, do, they'd set big rocks out as reminders of God did something here. God did something. I, you need to do that in your life. I, I've even done a few things around my house and, so that me and my grandkids and my kids could come back and go, hey, remember what God did here? Because there will be days. And this isn't because you're a, a loser, because you don't get anything. But there will be days when the enemy and all the things and circumstance will just, it'll be all you can do to think, I don't even want to talk to you, God. That's going to happen. That's not unfixable. That's not horrible. It's just our nature and things will go on. And and you'll walk over to something like that that you'll remember 
and you can go, I remember. This day is hard. This day I don't see, but I remember. And I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to trust you. Not what's going on in my life, not all the ugliness that seems to be happening, but I'm going to trust you because you've seen me through before and you'll see me through again. And it may not be like I like it or the time. It's definitely not going to be the timing you want. Boy, have you learned that? I've learned that one. I'm like, I'm, I'm willing to be faithful, Lord. Now, what have you got today? And I'll even give you till tomorrow. But after that, you've lost me. I'm, that's, I'm done, right? That's how I usually am. Well, let's close this up. and then we'll be done, okay? If you can hang in there with me to verse 10. Declaring the end from, from the beginning and from ancient times things which have not been done saying my purpose will be established and I will accomplish my good pleasure. The Lord says he is supreme. He is the one. He said that from the very beginning. I am God. There is no other like me. If you're supreme, there's not someone like that's close. If you're supreme, there's really no comparison. Our God is supreme. Uh, Lucifer's the closest thing, and he has to get permission to even breathe from the Holy Father. There's none like him. There's no contest. It's not even close. One of the, uh, I read this in, in 1 Timothy 6.15. This is just a different translation. It says, He is supreme, sovereign, almighty, infinitely above every created thing and subject to none. He does not consult man about what he does. He is the supreme monarch, the only potentate, king of kings and lord of lords. That's who we serve. And he has the right to tell me what to do. He has the right to pattern the days of my life. He's God. He's told us the beginning. He's told us creation. We don't have to think. We don't have to wonder where we come from, what little speck of meteorite hit here and started us, what brand of monkey we come from. We don't need any of that. He told us, I got you. I made this. I made everything you see. It's me. He tells us the plan. I'm sending my son to redeem you. That's what we celebrated in our communion today. He tells us the end. I will return. I will establish my kingdom. I will roll back the skies. And we'll start this. We know those things. He's never stumped. He's never slowed. He's never wandering. He's not going, Ooh, man, what will I do with that? Boy, there's a stumper. He's always a step ahead. I don't know why Satan doesn't quit. He's never won any of it. Everything he tries, like killing Jesus, turns out bad for him. My wife wrote this to me after hearing this one time, and I thought this was good. She said, I'd, sharing some of these thoughts in my own mind, and she said, just a thought. This may seem like in your face, this God that uh, does what he pleases. He cannot be thwarted. I have my way kind of attitude. I'm the boss. 
just deal with it. Instead, everything God does pleases him or delights him. Everything he does brings glory to him. Even, now get this part, even if it seems inconvenient or undesirable to you, God is still bringing pleasure to himself. God's still doing some things that will honor him. In all that he does, whether exciting or frightening to us, we need to stand in awe and wonder. He's sovereign and powerful and should, should inspire reverence and obedience from me. My reasonable response to God is humility. You know better than me. I trust you for the best in my life. And I would like to, I would like to walk that way. I would like to represent. I'd like to show you trust and bring pleasure to you through my life. One guy I heard said one time said, uh, when Jesus picked up the disciples and stuff, one of the things he said is, follow me. Jesus is never going my way. He's, he's always, I'm always like, over here, this will work better. Come on. No, we're going to go this way. Well, that's going to be hard. Yeah, and you'll learn to trust me. That's where you'll grow. That's where you'll get strength. That's where you'll, you'll shine for the world. It'll be, uh, I've been, like I said, in a church for a long time, so I've been through a lot of things with a lot of people. And I've been there when tragedy happened and those people stood for the Lord. Tears, yes. Brokenhearted, yes. Hardly able to breathe, yes, but saying, I will trust God. And I watch people that didn't know God say, there's something either wrong with this person or it's different from the way I live my life. And God's going to use you and situations in your life to be strong and trust him so that some of us who are struggling will say, help me, Lord, help me. I want to close with this in Job 42. Now, remember all that Job has gone through. Remember everything that's happened to Job. None of you can even compare to that. And Job writes this. He starts to understand how foolish he is to even question. And he writes this. I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be stopped or thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Who am I to think I can come? Question you. Therefore, I've uttered and I've said and done things and, and referred to you in ways that I do not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear, Lord, and I will speak. I will question you, and you will make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of my ear, but after I've gone through this, after all of this has happened, after I've questioned and you've made it clear to me, I don't hear with my ears, but now I see with my eyes. You, therefore, but now my eyes see you. I'm sorry. Therefore, I despise myself. I repent in dust and ashes. And gosh, guys, when we get to the point where we can go, I despise the fact that I questioned you, Lord, and I am repentant. Then we're able to start journeying. Then there's strength there that is beyond what other people understand. There's strength there that is beyond what your coworkers and people you hang around understand. And God wants us to be that kind of people. Lord, help me to put away idols. Show me. One of the best ways to know if it's an idol, phone a friend. Ask someone that you really trust, that loves the Lord, and say, do you see any in my life? 
But be ready. They may see those. Be ready. And if you're the friend that they ask, duck, because they're swinging pretty quick, okay? Lord, help me to put those aside. Help me remember what you've done in my life. Help me to just every once in a while be a person. One of the things that we're asked, we're asked to be forgiving people and we're asked to be thankful people. I need to every once in a while kind of look at those things and go, you've done so much. How foolish of me, as Job said. How foolish. I despise the fact that I even question you sometimes. We need to put those markers in our life. His yoke is easy. He is our creator. Follow him. Following's not hard. It's just that I'm stubborn sometimes and don't want to go there. Lord, help me to do that. Father, help me to follow you. I'm still wondering what you're doing. There's some still things I have questions in my life. But I thank you that you're revealing. I thank you as Job, I can say, I see you. I don't even know how to accept it. I, I, I don't even know... Uh, and, and I forgive you that I sometimes still pout about it, but I see you. I trust you. I want to walk with you. It's in Christ's name we come today. Amen.